Um, hi, everyone, and welcome to an edition of Shelf Impactors podcast. Um, normally, it's myself and Mark, but instead today, what I've got is a separate co-host, a great friend and colleague of mine, Richard Gearing. Um, Richard is a sustainability expert um, as part of the business that we work together at SGK. I'm going to say first, thanks, Rich, for joining me today in Mark's absence. We're going to talk a bit about sustainability, but why don't you tell people who've never heard of us before um, what we do and what you do and what your role is? Sure. So, I mean, uh, SGK fundamentally, um, we're a packaging and brand, uh, brand experience um, agency. Um, my role um, and team within that, um, so we're marketing operations consultants. Um, what that means is that we, we look to identify opportunities uh, to improve improve things stuff across the graphic supply chain so um, we look at process mapping we look at creating uh, fit for purpose workflows uh, we look at streamlining processes reducing manual work um, creating scalable models and solutions um, developing roadmaps and um, managing all of that via um, project management and change management principles um, you know with, with the ultimate aim of those changes being embraced and reinforced and and, um, and owned moving forward so um, but uh, further to that, my my personal focus um, within consulting over the last two uh, two and a bit years has been how we respond as a business to um, environmental sustainability. Which is super exciting because we've obviously spoken about sustainability, Mark and I, before on this podcast. It's not going anywhere. It's a massive consumer trend. We come Absolutely. from a packaging and branding experience so we know about it in terms of the packaging the tactility the recycling aspects the supplier sourcing as well which is often mm -hmm. um, we yeah. do with a lot of food and beverage brands i know and so even helping them with the sustainability of their sourcing um but post pandemic obviously all of this has been amplified um it's one mm. amplified the need for sustainability and taking care of the planet and the world around us but it's also amped up our digital presence so we're all online so um, we, i know we're going to talk a little bit more about brands and ways and, and kind of what digital sustainability is um, as well as just sustainability in general um should we do a little what is digital sustainability because to most people even to me probably about a year ago it's a bit like huh what do you mean the internet yeah. can be more sustainable <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's uh, sustainability itself is a massive topic right and that's that's why um you know it's becoming a, a standard and measure for maintaining business and doing business um in in this day and age um so it's why we focus on environmental sustainability because um as it relates to brand experience and packaging solutions, that's what we can influence as a um, as a business, right? So that's uh, that's where we can actually make a difference um, and and support um, you know clients and prospects uh, effectively. Um, digital sustainability obviously sits within that. Um, there's no two ways about it, but um, it, it's kind of been invisible. To your point, uh, Lisa, it's uh, you know um, kind of been hidden away as a um, as a um, a complete unknown and um you know it's only recently for us you know in the last um uh, six or nine months that we've uncovered this as a um as a, an avenue of sustainability that needs to be addressed right so um the average website um just to put some numbers to this and and um i guess scope it out a bit the average website consumes 1.76 i think is the number of co2 per page view so every time you load a, a web page you've used one point, uh, nearly 1.8 grams of CO2. 
And that's um, the interesting thing, isn't it? Because years, you know, over time we've gone, our website is slow or we have clients come to us and go, how do we speed it up? And, and so there's all those logistical challenges. You want it to be a better user experience, but mm. then also want it to be a planet-friendly experience. Yeah. You don't even consider, or people didn't until now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's... Um, uh, you know, and we've been guilty of it on our own website, right? We want these big, beautiful images about all the work we've done and all the work we do. But um, in doing so, we've had to kind of recognize the fact that, that doing that is actually um, going against what we're now trying to do as a business in terms of growing in, in uh, the sustainability arena. Um, so, I mean, again, um, some more numbers for you if you if you want them. The internet, um, uh, if it were a country, would be the sixth biggest, biggest polluter. Um, which is shocking in itself, but perhaps even more shocking is that internet data centers currently create, are believed to create, and especially in the last couple of years where air travel is reduced, but they're, they're believed to create more CO2 than air travel, which for me is ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, so you know, if we've if we've got um, you know server rooms and data centers and and everything else that are pumping out more CO2 than aircraft traveling all around the world. And we know how many, uh, how much of that happened in the past. And okay, maybe not so much right now, but will happen again in the future, hopefully. Um, that That's just mind blowing. Um, so it, yeah. It, it, that's the interesting it, thing, isn't it? Because people talk about sustainability as the things they can see. Can I see a vapor trail? Then it's clearly causing pollution. You know, exactly. the countries that cause more pollution, we kind of, we have to visually see it. Um, mm. Obviously, with the data and the online presence, it's not stuff necessarily we can see. Um, but yeah. we do trust that companies tell us the truth. Um, so there was one thing, I mean, we've seen that consumer behavior is massively changing um, as um, buying patterns move more to Gen Z and millennials. Um, they seek ethical practices. Like you and I now actively pick companies that are seen to be more sustainable. And the, yeah. the trend for transparency and honesty um, obviously shows, and, you know, we help our clients with this. It's not about getting everything right now, but it's about making those steps to show you're making the difference. It's all of those supermarkets as well going by 2025, we'll have nothing that um, needs to be trashed. It, it's all recyclable. Um, yeah. So I think like the same model, I would assume, um, for their kind of digital presence. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, with, with the digital presence being such an unknown, it's uh, a lot of the companies haven't even, you know, they've got um, uh, commitments and promises for 2025 and 2030. Um, but at the moment, there's no visibility as to what that means from a digital perspective or even if it's been considered. You know, everything talks about sustainable sourcing and sustainable procurement and, and making your packaging better and reducing plastic, which are all fantastic things to be doing and the right things to be doing, absolutely. Um, but there's, you know, there, there's a gap that's been identified that perhaps um, isn't being addressed right now. Um, and, you know, there's opportunities there, absolutely. Um, you know, it's... Um, uh, it, it really is a um, an opportunity to um, to, to talk about um, the fact that this digital world that we now live in, and the, and the fact that we've all moved to an online presence, and you know people are doing e-commerce um, uh, that would never have touched it, you know, even six months ago, um, let alone uh, eighteen months ago when the pandemic started. You know, this is all creating such a um, a monumental shift towards digital, which. Um, is only making this worse, right? 
Yeah. Um, and it was an interesting article you shared with me today about the um, streaming services and the sustainability mm. of streaming, streaming services as well um, and the content. Yeah. That- and it's, um, you know, that's, that's easily um, relatable, right? It's, um, uh, you know, we're all watching these various streaming services, but, um, you know, in, in the background, some of those are being hosted on some of the worst offenders in that regard. Um, you know, um, there's... Um, three big names that we probably don't need to necessarily call out. But, <laughs> no, because they might um, want to work with us in the future. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, um, some of those some of those just aren't hitting the targets that they, they claim they would do. And it's, um, you know, but, uh, you know, again, we're, we're looking at data that was um, is perhaps now um, 18 months old anyway as well. So, uh, you know, we're, we're looking at information that um, has probably accelerated um, significantly since that that data came out, and I dread to think what that what those numbers are like now. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, it's you know massive streaming platforms that everybody's using because everybody has gone online and everybody's at home, um, you know, watching TV because they can't go out. Um, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's um, uh, it's um, it's platforms that are using. And it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because on those platforms, we demand the highest resolution, the highest definition. We talked about on websites and stuff, you want the beautiful videos, the long space videos, and the highest quality content. But on the juxtaposition of that, we're also quite happy watching TikToks, watching YouTube, yeah. where the quality of the content, the resolution, that kind of stuff, it's real. Like, yeah. No one spent a lot of time producing high quality, high res exported videos um, and putting those kind of things together. So you'd mm. think you'd be able to caught up with the kind of boundaries if it's you know helping towards the planet to kind of reduce the resolution on some of the other things it's kind of those two sit parallel with each other yeah and there's you know i think arguably from a messaging perspective it's um you know there's i'm not sure opportunity is the right word but there's there's definitely scope for businesses to be open and transparent about this and and you know sit back and say oh yeah okay we've recognized that our website hasn't performed historically particularly well from a co2 per page view perspective but you know what we're going to do something about that now now that we've recognized it now that we can address that and you know <laughs> i'm envisaging a a, a big name brand that has a score on the, on their on their website, which is is kind of showing that CO two number reducing and um, and getting down to um, you know the average or below average. Um, you know we we uh, we did a benchmark of where we are as a company against um, against a lot of our competitors and and um, and top clients and um, you know we weren't great at the time but we've improved um, and you know we're now uh, below average I think our our website is at one point two four or something like that so we're, we're below average now but there's obviously still room to improve um, but um, you know the other the other thing to that being that y- you you can almost create more brand engagement by, uh, by being open and honest. And even if you are a visual company, even if you do usually have, um, you know, fantastic imagery all across your site and, and you need even fantastic imagery to sell your product, there's ways around it. And um, uh, the, the example I'll, I'll pick on is um, uh, Volkswagen Canada. They've done a huge amount of work on this, and um, they've actually got a, a sustainable browsing experience on on their website, where you can literally make the choice to switch yeah. the website from a really high quality, beautiful color, loads of loads of imagery um, uh, website that tells you everything you need to know about their cars, 
yep. to something that you can, I wouldn't say you barely make out that it's a car. You can very clearly see that it's a car, but you can't see any detail and you can't see any color. Yeah. Um, and like you say, content wise, brand narrative wise, that's a brand that like, what an opportunity. We talk about mm. brave branding and people doing things differently. They're able to put the power into the user's experience. Even Absolutely, better. You're not, you're not stopping someone going there. You're just going, it's your choice. And we're empowering Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And that's great branding from BW. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that in its own right, that, that, the fact that we're not ramming this down your throat, we're not telling you how sustainable we are. We're not, we're not telling you that you have to do it this way or you have to look at our website this way. Yeah. We're giving you the option and it's your choice to make that call to yeah. switch our website into a sustainable solution that's a fantastic and it's very brilliant. powerful it's like becoming the flex i liken it to the flexitarian of the business yes. <laughs> look you know it's not better for the planet but you can if you want to um yeah. it's the alternative if you want to take that path and no one's judging you either way so i think there's Absolutely. also a lot of that like we talk about it a lot between us the greenwashing element the people mm. claiming they're sustainable and also people bagging people who aren't 100 sustainable and um, mm-hmm. i think like you're saying age of transparency it's just about companies going we know we're not there yet but we're trying our best yeah yeah Yeah. and it's um you know uh, i think that's how you connect that's that human element that you can bring to your brand or your or your company or your website or um whatever the touch point may be um you know we're talking digital sustainability that that also means um you know your digital marketing your um your targeted email campaigns um you know your tiktoks your your instagrams your whatever um that all that all falls under that umbrella right so um you know how you approach that and and the open openness and honesty that you're prepared to share about what you're doing to address uh you know the situation you may have been in but the the position you're moving to is 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 how people um you know you said it before people like you and i are already making decisions around um uh, around what we buy and and how we buy it and why we buy it and that's only going to um carry on and escalate um so you know as, as i said I, i just really love to see companies owning it and and you know putting their hands up and being open and honest and um yeah we haven't been great in the past but guess what we're doing something about it now and I find that super exciting opportunity wise, even from a creative point of view, because it's how do you get your message across? How do you communicate all of those things in a simpler, cleaner, different way to you ever have done before? So like I think, heck, we've had a year of change, but I think from a creative point of view, it's a great time to be creative in our industry. Like even from, oh. you know, from an agency that's always been packaging and branding to kind of pivot into different areas, some of the digital work we're doing and then taking on top of that. Um, the sustainability aspect of it like it's a really Mm. exciting time to be in our industry and our world absolutely and we've got um you know we've got people all around um our network who are specialists uh, specialists in sustainability in various different disciplines right so um you know packaging is has historically been a massive part of our business and we've got um you know a fantastic team um in europe and and um and elsewhere or fantastic teams sorry in europe and elsewhere who have done a lot of work um you know won awards in this but you know again coming back to digital sustainability this, it's quite a new thing um generally let alone for us um but we've got teams that are engaged um and and ready to um to to act on this the 
the thing with digital sustainability is that it's already um, feeling like, a, you know, you're already feeling that snowball effect, right? So it's it's kind of trickling down the mountain and, 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 and it's not quite, quite... It's already on all of the big trends. You know, you look at Mintel, you look at Wunderman Thompson, they're already touting it as it's coming, it's big. We've talked about sustainability business goals for a while. Yeah. So it just becomes another component of that. It's like sustainability yeah. on so many different levels. This just becomes another one of those little um, business goals or areas that you need to be sustainable in. In. Yeah, yeah, and those uh, those commitments and targets that that companies have, in all fairness, in, for the most part, set themselves um, for twenty twenty five and uh, and twenty thirty. Um, you know, th- this is going undoubtedly going to become a um, you know a pretty big part of some of those and um, as as those goal those uh, timelines get get ever closer. Um, so yeah, it's. Um, and you've obviously uh, worked in having worked in sustainability, not just digital sustainability for a while. Did the pandemic yeah. accelerate our awareness of it? Has it? I mean, there's also all of those kind of everything that people, you know, the touch aspect of it has all changed. So all of the sustainability mm. thinking behind it has changed in different ways. Mm. Obviously, we're more aware of the planet, but there's also more things like cost cutting and things that have come back into play, wrapping yeah. things, not touching things. So yeah non-digital yeah. point of view like how, do, how have you found that's changed sustainability wise pre- yeah, it's um it's been interesting because uh, i think fundamentally um you know this uh, i'd say this time a year ago back when the pandemic started so you know uh, well over a year ago now um there was uh, I, I guess for about six months there was probably a bit of a pause on on well, it was a, a bit of a pause on pretty much everything in, in a lot of cases, right? But as as pe- people and businesses and, and countries have started to um, come out of um, the other side of it, but you know, to, to whatever extent, and you know, be that because they're, they're vaccinated and therefore they've got a level of comfort. Um, but as as businesses have started to recover and 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 come out of the other side and and start looking to towards the future, sustainability is has absolutely ramped up massively, um, you know, and again, I, I mentioned the snowball effect, sustainability in general has, yes. it, absolutely, has absolutely got that feel about it for us. You know, we're, we're getting a lot of our clients um, coming to us, um, you know, suddenly that haven't mentioned it at all in the past coming to us saying, you know, how can you help us? What can you do? How can you respond to this? Um, and, uh, you know, we're getting, um, it, when we're lucky enough to get RFPs and RFIs from companies that, w- that we can try and respond to to, um, yeah. to show what we're doing and what we're capable of again. Um, whereas in the past, um, and we did some numbers on this, so um, in APAC, for example, only 30% of RFPs had a sustainability request in them. Whereas I think for the last um, six or nine months, nearly every RFP we've had has, has had a sustainability uh, angle to it. Yeah. Um, so you know, from from that point of view, it's undoubtedly that you know that snowball is 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 rolling down the hill and and getting bigger and bigger, um, and yeah, um, you know we're we're at a point where um, it, it's gone from something that um, was just kind of bubbling under to something that's very much bubbling over, and um, you know we're we're um, but we're you know we're doing what we can to ramp up to uh, to respond to that as well. So 
Um, and I think, and I'll, just actually, we should probably just say for anyone who's listening that does normally listen, Rich and I are both in Sydney. So while we talk about the rest of the world opening up, and sometimes we have Mark here who's in the UK, we're still in lockdown in Sydney. So we've kind of double backed on ourselves. We were kind of roaming free and now we're not and we're on pause. So we're looking to the rest of the world as to what might happen next. Um, but definitely some of the challenger brands as well, like we've obviously got small brands at SGK and people that come to us that actually spark those difficult conversations that want to be more sustainable. Mm-hmm. One of our mm-hmm. biggest clients is quite a sustainable business, but they're still doing things like they came to us because we're a packaging agency. So mm-hmm. it often involves difficult conversations. Like at the moment, they're going, we want to be sustainable. We're a small challenger brand. You're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just about communicating that like, we're the best people to communicate that. You know, if someone comes in and goes, we've got this product, we want it in a Tetra pack, that's not overly sustainable. Mm. But it's more sustainable. So the perception shift as well, even in that. Yeah, um, yeah. and uh, perception is massive, um, certainly from a, an environmental sustainability and packaging perspective, because, um, you know, at, at the moment, unfortunately, there are some instances where plastic absolutely is the best solution. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, that's, that's, going to be difficult to get away from until we've got um, technological advances in packaging materials that allow us to move away from that. Um, You know, things are happening. um, Companies are working on solutions. um, uh, You know, one of our print suppliers has worked with um, uh, ExxonMobil to produce a new new form of um, polyethylene, which is is more sustainable. Um, So, you know, again, opportunities there, but it's, it's such a new product that we don't know much about it yet and, and therefore, um, you know, can't even begin to recommend it, let alone um, advise on it because it's, it, it's that new that we don't know, we don't really know anything about it. Um, but, um, you know, again, it, it's um, it, it's recommending those alternatives. It's looking for this, the, the simple opportunities to make a change that, that makes a pack more sustainable. Um, you know, a lot of the meat packs at the moment are taking the uh, the sachets out and, and moving into, um, you know, uh, board with a, um, a shrink wrap rather than a, a plastic tray with a with a seal on the top. Um, you know, all fairly simple. And I think the the perception, even like you say, the perception like five or 10 years ago was that black was premium and all of these, um, you know, black plastic. I remember launching, uh, going over to Walmart and they launched a new premium range in store only for our sustainability team at the time to go, yeah, black's not not really the best option for you guys. Oh, but it says premium. So that whole, I think the perception shift and again, a part part of it's because we've got access to the knowledge. So I think- Mm. You know, we can just Google something and find out whether if whether plastic is you know sustainable or not. There are, like you say, in some instances, and I've seen some of your beautiful little company pop quizzes to kind of test people out <laughs> as to what's more sustainable and and isn't. But it's always some of the bigger companies and the bigger players that we go and do presentations to that actually mm. have this assumption in some way, and and we go in and go, actually, guys, it's not like with everything you thought yeah. it was, it's not. Um, yeah. I know we won't yeah. mention we won't mention the name, but a presentation you and I recently did on sustainability and gift packaging was a really interesting one with one of the big players and, and the answers mm. to some of the questions that you had again perception goes such a long way so I think for small brands that we like if any brand is thinking about working with the design agency why because we can help you communicate the right message yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> yes. um the exciting thing for me so uh, um, you know, one of the things we've, we've done, and again, I um, credit our team in Europe for this because they, they've come up with um, 
a, a method of assessing a pack from not only a sustainability perspective, but also a desirability expe- uh, perspective, right? So they, um, they call it temptainability. Um, and um, it, it's a little bit of a, I don't know, I'm not overly comfortable with the term, but it, 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 it does exactly what it says on the tin, right? So um, from that perspective, I can get on board with it. And, um, and the work they do is, is fantastic. So they will assess a pack from a sustainability standpoint and, and look at opportunities to improve there. But whilst they're working through that, they will also ensure that the, the pack remains um, uh, desirable. And, and um, you know, if it's a premium pack, it still feels premium, uh, despite the sustainability cues that they, um, that they need to put into it. Um, I'm excited to see how and, and whether we as a company can apply that same kind of uh, thinking and mentality to the digital piece, right? Um, yep. You know, so, um, okay, um, you need to use much lower resolution imageries, uh, imagery. So let's let's make something of that. Let's, let's you know, absolutely yep. um, embrace that and, and but, but do it in a way that it doesn't lose the, the, the appeal of the site or, or the, the appeal of the, um, the marketing message, um, the, the digital email, whatever, um, whatever it may be, um, and, and, but still retains that kind of um, uh, that, that appeal and, and gets the message across, gets the brand across. I agree. You know, that, for me, that's an exciting, uh, really exciting uh, opportunity and, and definitely um, and look at it, it's the opportunity for um agencies that aren't necessarily so you know agencies like man versus machine everything they do is higher digital it's beautiful work it's incredible mm-hmm. video work but actually mm-hmm. to solve the problem differently actually because we're not necessarily i mean we do digital but we think about it differently so i think the idea yeah. of you know this is this is the goal we think strategically so the end goal is this how do we get there plus mm-hmm. we tick all of these kind of like avenues along the way and communicate that we're taking these avenues. So I think like Volkswagen did the good thing because they literally, one, they gave people a choice. Do you want this or this? But they explained why in such a simple, you know, from a brand point of view, they just nailed it. So I think it's also about talking to people. The why is is important, not just going to produce. And like you say, if the resolution's on a website or a digital experience, um, you know, if there's an immersive advert and it's not high resolution and it looks like TikTok blown up to a, you know, ad shell size, why? As long mm. as you've got the why and you can communicate it, the super excited yeah. where we go. I mean, we might all look like adverts in Atari games um, <laughs> <laughs> in the next few years, but what an opportunity. We can all go back to the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, music-wise, that wouldn't be so bad, but... Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, but again, bringing it full circle, you know, we talked at the start about what a massive topic sustainability is. And there's, um, you know, you can quite readily tie the digital sustainability piece back to, um, you know, companies uh, ESG or or CSR initiatives. So, um, you know, uh, environmental social governance or uh, corporate social responsibility. Um, And, you know, again, there's opportunities there to kind of um, walk the talk in in the communications that you're putting forward in there, right? So again, sustainability, environmental sustainability in terms of, you know, recycling, packaging and, uh, and all of those pieces don't make up all of ESG and, and CSR, but if um, if those things plus digital sustainability, you know, reinforce what you're doing in those those initiatives and um, and the messaging all ties together um, and uh, you know and sings from the same hymn sheet, then it becomes such a powerful um, tool as a um, you know in this online world that everything is there 
available for uh, the, the user to go and look at and check out and read up on. Um, you know, so that when you're in that position of okay, which company do I buy X product from? You've got everything you need to make that make that call. And and hey, if if they happen to be doing a, um, a digitally digitally sustainable site in a really cool way, yeah, it's a deal breaker, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so there's yeah. Um, as I say, for me, it's it's all about opportunity at this point. And um, uh, you know, yes, it has been a kind of almost invisible elephant in the room um up until now but um you know now that it is the, the visible elephant in the room that's uh let's <laughs> let's talk about it and make it um the opportunity that it is and especially with some of the challenger brands so i know we've talked about oh, it might be easy for the big brands to they've got the money to invest in changing and adapting but there's a lot more direct to consumer um brands coming out there there's a lot more smaller challenger brands and and now is and now's one of the best times I was reading today about even there's a new search engine to rival the big incumbent, good old Google, that's called Ecosia. And they are effectively a, they search for sustainable versions of what you search in Google. And their site experience searching is more sustainable. So already someone's going out there going, what do we use every day that's digital and that's sucking up all of that excess energy that's yet to change? All right, where can I capitalize in that space? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, every day is a school day. I didn't know about that, so I'll, I'll check that out <laughs> I after. But... I work before this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, very good. Yeah, I mean, you know, but, you know, again, it goes back to the, the simple things. And Google, uh, you know, you mentioned Google. They've done it themselves in the past, and I think they've maybe even still got an option on their site to um, to turn it into a dark theme because, you know, uh, um, a dark screen doesn't need power to to change the uh, to change the appearance. Um, you know, and that's one of the things that VW did very well is kind of play on that. So you know, it made it quite easy for them to kind of black and white their whole um, website for that sustainable browsing experience because you know that that's already a um, I wouldn't say it's a complete um, uh, known thing. Uh, it's not like it's common knowledge, but most people have already seen something that Google have done that that talks to that. Yeah, and, and that's um, it's about communicating that message. It's like we all put on a dark setting on our iPhones. It saves power. We know yeah. it saves power, but we don't think about the offset of that power. We go, well, it saves yeah. power so my battery won't drain down. But actually, if your battery's not draining down, it's also not absorbing kind of all the energy. You're not having to recharge it, right? Yeah. So. If Apple had come out and gone, oh, well, actually, you can save the planet by turning this setting on your iPhone, the, the message is different. The result yes. is the same, but the message is different. And so I think that message, as we move, even the companies that probably have been doing it for a long time, they've probably had dark settings or power saving settings, communicating mm. what that's for or pivoting what that reason is, is yeah. going to be like crucial for the future. Real great yeah. time though. Yeah. And it's, you know, but it's to that exact point, it's those little changes uh, that, that can add up to the, to the bigger difference. Right. So, um, you know, nobody's going to change their browsing um, uh, habits overnight, but the more these messages start to filter through and the more, um, the more brands that start talking in 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 the same way, um, the more that message will start to um, to 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 come through. And um, you know, I even the the article you mentioned earlier about the um, the streaming services, for example, I, I even forwarded that to my wife because I, I thought she'd be interested <laughs> <Netflix>. in it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, 
but uh, yeah, she works in IT. So for her, it was kind of um, regardless of her stance or her company's stance on on sustainability. It's for her that was an interesting read because um, you know she could then sit back and go, oh, actually we're all right. We work for the guy in the middle, um, or, or we host all of our stuff for the guy in the middle, not not the worst or the best. So yeah. Um, but no, but, again, it's just those things that you take for every day that actually they're up. And it's easy to say when it's just a space for more options to grow that kind of become the more sustainable version of those or yeah. those incumbents to pivot, to change in time. Like, mm. You know, we've seen how quickly change can happen. So now's the time for change and adaptability and flexibility to go, the model we had, let's change it, let's flex it, let's twist it. Mm. And actually, I do still think that the smaller brands or the challenge or the independently owned brands are the ones to be able to do it quicker. Yes, um, oh, absolutely. Like channels, um, you know, that they have to go through to, to approve it. Yeah, indeed. And, um, you know, again, you, you've mentioned some of the guys we work with are, are some of those, um, you know, smaller channels brands who who want to um change quicker and we've you know we've worked on the website and and um esg messaging for for one of those and um you know it's a it's a, a beautiful piece of work and um you know they they were kind enough to to join us on um the, one of the recent campaigns to to sit in and um, and do a video uh, with us about what uh, what we worked on but um it's you know um those those brands i think will be uh, the ones that paved the way and the ones that the bigger brands look to for, for inspiration and, and opportunity and, and to, to replicate in a way. Yep, definitely. It's a bit of a power sh- shift, isn't it? But um, super exciting. Absolutely. I love yeah, to see what's going on. We'll have to regroup in a year's time and see um, and have a compare brands and what's been going on and, and what's excited us even more. Because like even just that Volkswagen example um, mm. recently has kind of just changed the game and, and shone a light a little bit on the digital space. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's interesting in itself. In that, it, it so far, to my knowledge at least, is is has only um, has only happened in in, um, in their Canadian um, arm, I guess, uh, if you like. Um, it'd be interesting to see if they they kind of broaden that and, and use it elsewhere, and you know, use that as a as a, a case model to um, uh, to globalize. But um, yeah, I liken it to. Um, uh, which is something we're starting to do ourselves is going back to markets and, and greengrocers and stuff like that rather than yeah. using Again, the supermarket. All um, of the consumer trends kind of ripple into each other, isn't it? It's that yeah. there's that rise of rituals. So there's kind of ritualistic habits, be it putting your phone onto a lower power setting or whatever. But then there's mm. those back to basics and ultimately by stripping things back, by going mm. back to a, a less, just, just as immersive, just as connective, but kind of less flashy i suppose yeah. um experience yeah. it's that raw and authentic experience that people are craving all of a sudden um mm. we used to put we've gone we've gone from what was the kind of 80s early 90s into consumerism and buying things now we want to buy experiences and that experience yeah. has to be friendly to the world that we're going to create for the future um, yeah. so the goalposts have changed the rise in minimalism is that you know all of these things that are stripping back coping with less the last yeah. year and a half of going back to basics um, has kind of paved the way for us not wanting everything necessarily flashy on screen either. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, um, <laughs> I'm just thinking, you just made me think randomly. Uh, my wife makes our, our soaps, so hand soaps and, and shower gels and stuff like that from um, essential oils. It's, you know, we're, we're not, um, I wouldn't say we're greenwashed or, or um, particularly um, 
but it's for like, want of a better word, hippie. But it's um, no, you know, it's like all of those retro things are coming back. Like I sat into yeah. with a discussion with Mintel today that talked about because they're more sustainable as well. Um, shampoo um, bars, so like bars of soap, yeah. you make it yourself, but it's shampoo. So instead yes. of pouring a bottle, you just kind of like you soaked it up and you put it in your hair. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, cleaning vinegar, all of those random yeah. that, like old wives' tales and your mom used to tell you about. Like you don't need to buy all of these things. You need baking soda and vinegar. They're yeah. kind of all coming back to fruition. Yeah, exactly. But you you, you kind of create the experience. It's certainly in the in the soap making, you create the experience from um, you know this time around. I'll use a different essential oil and therefore get a different uh, fragrance or flavor or um yeah. you know whatever it may be i think for me that I, I guess where i was going with it is you know what does that look like for websites in future you know we're, we're talking about going back to basics and um you know but websites have uh <laughs> back to basics is dial-up times right so when websites <laughs> were incredibly basic and um you know it'd be interesting to see uh, how much of that comes back into play to to you know solve this digital sustainability solution I think, like you said, personalized service as well. So being able to personalize that service, like your soap is, you choose the oils that go into it. Again, mm. like with Volkswagen, do I want it to be sustainable or not? Is there a next layer of that? Is, is there a middle point? Is there a which bits do you want to open up to and which do you not? Do you want to leave tokens to, that go towards it? Like, just like when you go and fly in an airplane, you can offset your carbon emissions and mm. things like that. So how does that play out in a digital world? That will be really yeah. exciting to see over the next few years. And hopefully, to, hey, maybe we can solve all of these things. Absolutely. Yeah, it'd be nice to think so. But uh, <laughs> uh, so solving this is a, a big ask. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, but, uh, you know, solving solving the uh, the steps along the way, I think, is absolutely, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's something that we uh, we absolutely can work on definitely um, and um and yeah. that's definitely something that i would leave for people um that are listening today and we've obviously talked about quite a lot and we'll leave them with how to get in touch with you as well but every small step is what makes a bigger step down the track it's that absolutely, yes. effect. Yeah. but rich thank you for coming on please tell people how to get in touch with you um well uh i guess uh, um search me out on linkedin and um, so richard gearing on uh, on linkedin or um reach out to me via email so richard.gearing at um and um yeah that's uh, absolutely if you've if you've got um sustainability questions um uh digital sustainability or, or packaging or brand experience um you know let's uh, let's talk um i'd love to uh, i'd love to see what my next challenge is going to be <laughs> No, I've loved the experience of working more in sustainability space. Um, it's a really exciting time at our agency um, and, you know, where we're going with it at the moment and the kind of challenges we're able to solve. We will drop all of our contact details into the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had to get in touch, but thank you very, Absolutely. very much. Thanks for being on the no pod. Absolute pleasure, Lisa. Thank <laughs> that you was for like inviting the, me. That was the finals bell. <laughs> <laughs>